0: Originally a cheap, plentiful and man-made substitute for ivory, celluloid, one of the earliest of plastics, made its way into the manufacture of novelties, but it had one serious defect. It could burn.
1: Welcome to the Kill It With Fire podcast, where each episode, a group of creative practitioners and academics from different disciplines takes a look at cult-neglected or overlooked motion pictures from the last few decades of celluloid, when movies were films. Crom. All together now? Crom. (laughs) Crom. Crom. The most powerful legend of all is back in a new adventure. This is the tagline for the film. that was a lot more on the poster. I'm not reading the rest of it. Uh, This is the tagline for the film that we're looking at today, which is Richard Fleischer's Conan the Destroyer, Uh, the sequel to uh, John Milius' Conan the Barbarian, made in 1984, just prior to. Um, I always thought this was after... For some reason, you know, in that sort of timeline of Schwarzenegger's career uh, that I've got, you know, in my head, I was, I was, remember this as being after The Terminator, but it wasn't. It was a film that he made directly before. Um, um, shall we have a round of introduction, chaps? Uh, Mark, would you like to go first?
0: Yes, I'm Mark Hall, um, full-time father, um, aspiring writer. Fantastic. AD,
2: Hello, I'm Adrian Mills. I teach games at the what's it now? Tech partnership. Um, Where's that? Name? Who knows? It's the East Coast. The East Coast partnership. Uh, so that's what that's what I do. I teach games, um, and I also cast on this podcast. Is that the term now? Is that the verb? <laughs> I don't know. Cast, talk, spiel. I don't know. Anything you like. That's fantastic. Thanks, ADP. Pete.
3: Um, cool. Yeah. Peter True, uh, writer. Um, lecturer,
2: um... raconteur, bon vivant, je ne sais quoi, viewer <laughs> of Peter O'Toole films. Yeah, yeah. Cook, <laughs> <Kurt> Del Boy,
1: <laughs> scam artist. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Oh, poor Pete. Oh, sorry, Peter. Uh Paul Lewis, I'm, I I think today I'm going to be a barbarian and a destroyer. Or shall I be a destroyer first? Or barbarian. I don't know. Well
2: well one is clearly you're barbarian than the other, first. But, um
1: I'm I'm am i I'm flexing my. um the um pecs as we
0: speak. <laughs> if you're a destroyer first, then there's nothing left to be a barbarian with, is there? Well you destroyed everything.
1: I think you've thought too much about
0: that, Mark. <laughs> You probably
1: thought more about that than uh, uh, the guy that wrote the screenplay for this probably thought about, um, you know, adapting the, uh, the story idea to the screen. Anyway, let's let's move, 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 move swiftly on. Uh, ady this was your pick. Would you like to provide us with a synopsis of Conan
2: the Destroyer, please? Certainly, with pleasure. Um, so, fresh on the heels of uh, the Barbarian, Conan finds himself with less clothes, um yep, and in, that's and, a key plot point there it is and in the company um of a stupid sidekick um i'm not it was a poor man's tie um so i'm not malak. quite sure malak yes i'm Played not quite sure J-
1: JC walter
2: what, he is but it's you know it's, it reminded me the problem is sort of thing is it, is it reminded me more of um uh, judge dread the Stallone one and oh, Rob Rob, Rob Schneider, yeah, and yeah. that's never a good thing to be reminded of. I know this came way before it. So I know this came way before it, but no, I don't want to be reminded of that. Anyway, Conan finds himself with less clothes and, and praying at a, a shrine for his lost Valeria, um, which is not the Pixies song. No. Um, so along comes Queen Tiramisu, um, um, played by Sarah Douglas. It's Queen Tiramis, sorry, sorry, Queen Taramis. <laughs> Uh, I played by Sarah Douglas, too. who, who I said why well, fits the film better. Who it throws, uh, for no reason, throws a series of uh, a, a group of men at Conan, who Conan dispatches with alarming ease by thrusting his sword into the screen a lot um, and punching horses. And well, yeah, at this point, yeah, and Queen Taramis then. You know, they stop fighting after all dead and just says, oh, you know, offers him offers him his wildest dreams, which is to have Valeria back. If he'll go and get uh, a company. What is it? The princess? What's her name? Princess Jenna, Jenna yeah. um, to go get the the horn of Dagoth um, yes. uh, to to awaken the sleeping god Dagoth. Um, What ensues is a series of adventures as Conan Increases their group. They take along Bombarter, who is uh, Prince Jenner's what guard, guard I guess, yeah, or, o- o- overseer Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, uh, um, they, they pick up. They pick up Grace Jones, who plays Zula. Uh, they pick up uh, the wizard, who now has a name. That strange a name. He uh, does, yeah. <laughs> he's now a Kiro. Uh, well, he's yeah. actually just a wizard in the first one. I don't think he had. A it, name oh, he's yeah, the Wizard the of
1: the Mound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So now he's now he's a Kiro, the wizard. He's, he's become named. So they pick up these characters. So they go off on a quest. They fight Pat Roach uh, in a Hall of Mirrors. um, They get the horn. They come back. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and, and, and they like fight Andre the Giant as well. Oh, Andre the Giant. Yes, they fight. These oh, I missed that. Um, he's he's the thing under the uh, rubber, I think. Yeah. They um, what? Oh. Is he Horned? Dagoth? Yeah, it's Dagoth. Yeah, yeah. Because well, oh. he says in this thing, Dagoth was controlled by special effects people. Yeah, well, but the, 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 there were shots with
1: Dagoth where it's clearly Andre the Giant in a rubber suit. <laughs> but then, then there was sort of um,
2: animatronics stuff. Oh, it makes it even oh, worse. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they get, the, they get the horn. They get double-crossed. They come back. <laughs> um, I know, I'm going to keep saying that, by the way. That was in a Sega game. Just as an aside, there's a Sega, a Sega game on the Dreamcast called uh, 18 Wheeler. Yeah. Um and you had to park the truck in the first one. And the first first um the first reward you got upon parking the truck successfully, you just blurted out, You have got the horn, which always used to make me laugh. Uh um, oh,
0: games come a long way since parking <laughs> trucks. <laughs> but, but, they, oh.
1: but this horn in Conan, I mean I've got it in my notes and I don't think it's a
2: stretch, but it's a very sinewy phallic horn. Oh, it is, absolutely, yes. There's no there's no You know, there's no getting around the fact that they wanted a 14 year old girl, you know, salivating over a big horn. Yeah,
4: Um, yeah, we'll we'll come on to that.
2: Behind the production, you know, they're probably giggling into their, you know, whatever, uh, their coffee. So they go back, they take this horn back, they chuck it. uh, Conan and the band get uh, double crossed, they shove the horn in the sleeping god. The whole point (laughs) is that they've got to, um, sacrifice the princess so that the the good god will arise i'm never quite clear on this is would the good god arise if the, i think it's so they can control dagoth so they can control the, him something sort of because yeah, yeah the so,
1: prophecy says that he will run rampant i think unless the, the virgin is sacrificed
2: unless the virgin is sacrificed so he doesn't get sacrificed he, he gets up he, he turns into a big wobbly thing conan has a fight with him and rips the horn back out hey everything everyone happy queen who is killed. Bombardier is killed, all the bad guys get killed, and then. Uh, yeah, the throne room from Star Wars at the end. Yeah, we do have the throne room from Star Wars, yes, as uh, Queen Jenna, uh, Princess Jenna becomes Queen Jenna, and that's it. It's more, much more of a quest, basic quest film, it's typical fantasy fair. Um, and I think that, that kind of covers it. Anyone got anything yeah.
1: they want to add, Paul? Well, I mean, it, it
2: reminds me, I've
1: been re-watching it this time, and I, I watched it on the big screen again, because it's got the projector out. But re-watching it this time, the, the plot reminded me very much of Journey to the West, which you, A.D., Pete, you might remember this as, as Monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, with the, uh, you know, the, 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 the group escorting the, the princess to the mm. treasure. You know, it,
2: it, it, yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, and and I think it's worth mentioning as well that Tracy Walter only took over the role of um, um, uh, uh Malak, Malak because David Lander had um his health had deteriorated. So that the, the cast Tracy Walter. I like Tracy Walter in most things. I mean, he's all right in this, but like you say, it's it's a bad case of the comedy sidekick. Um, sort of a- I mean. Peter Laurie, with here, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's some great roles. I mean, Repo Man. I mean, he's great in Repo. Oh, uh, hmm. Batman as well. He's also um, very memorable. I think they even the the Tim Burton Batman. I think they even made a Tracy Walter toy, didn't they? Adam's <laughs> character, you know, the, the action figures for that. <laughs>
2: okay, I really hope so.
1: I seem to recall a Tracy, uh, Tracy Walter um, uh, 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 toy. It was also in Delusion, of course, as a cashier. The the um, which we. we we covered a few episodes back as the cashier at the uh, bus depot if you remember um but yeah i mean is <clears throat> i like tracy walter um but i think the comedy sidekick shtick is a bit too much maybe we'll talk about that i think as we go on i think it's also worth mentioning that um queen
2: uh uh, uh so <laughs> <It's a> sarah <laughs> douglas this is sarah douglas yes paul just before we go on have you got the um the agenda for this, because I can't see it. Have you shared oh,
1: it? Oh, I have indeed,
2: yes. So let me share it for you. Sorry, I'll just, I'll just put it in the agenda. <laughs> How formal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. The the, the plan, the, the the random musings. It yes, helps me, yeah, It, helps, yeah. me, it helps, helps me focus my thoughts. I, I will. In, people I will listening
0: in, to... to this will be shocked and terrified that we actually have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we don't follow it all the time. We, we do have, go we off on tangents. But,
0: it's but it just does, something uh, nice to look at, isn't it? It, it is, yeah.
3: I'm muted because I'm eating leftover chicken wings for breakfast.
2: Classy. <laughs> leftover from when, though, Pete? That's the problem
0: with you. I've never heard something so sad <laughs> in my entire life. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even what you said, it's the way you said it. When you're editing this, Paul, uh, <laughs> well, you should count how many, how many horn entendres we make. <laughs> Not even double entendres, just entendre. Just entendres,
1: yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? I've been talking to you and I've been muted. <laughs> How have you? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why nobody was listening <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, here we go. Right. There we go. I'm unmuted now. Thank heavens for that. Um, Aidy, I was just going to say about AD. first encounters. Aidy, this was your first... This was your pick would you like to tell us about your first encounter with
2: conan the destroyer please okay so my i I was a huge barbarian fan i watched that when it first hit video i guess in the 1980s so when would that have been 83 84 85 somewhere around there The, the time you know the time is muddled back then so i remember being quite excited for conan the destroyer coming to video um, so my first encounter with this would have been when it first whenever it was first released on video my brother would have got it out and even back then i remember being even as a you know 14 15 year old thinking hmm there's something not quite right about this um <laughs> and that, that that's that's never never gone away in fact that that feeling has deepened as the years have passed um, so yeah so i i've you know, I was I was too young to see the cinema and didn't have access to this. And I don't even know if it came to Grimsby. It very well may have done, but I don't know. But my first encounter with this was when it, you know, its first release on video. So whenever that was, yeah. mid-80s.
1: Yeah, 85, 86, something like that. Inter- something, uh,
3: yeah. Pete? Um, well, I th- I thought that my first encounter with this was when I was young and it was it was on telly and um, there was there was a promise of, of perhaps seeing a, a, a naked lady, uh, but then I realised we wasn't talking about uh, the first Conan, we was talking about the the second one. Um, so yeah, my first encounter was uh, last night. <laughs> <What's the
2: matter? laughs> You've wow. not
0: seen this before. No? You never no? seen it.
2: Good lord.
3: Ikey
0: Mac. Yeah, last night, mate. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's th- the same th- with every, every time we do this podcast. <laughs> you know, full well, I've only watched it last night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like to ask. Um, my, my first encounter, with, um, I saw Conan the Barbarian on VHS way back when. Uh picked up a 2nd VHS, I think, in the 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, maybe from the local second-hand shop, I think it was. Um and um but i think my first encounter with conan the destroyer it's not seared into my memory but uh, i think my first encounter with it was probably on television i think late night itv i would imagine mm. uh, in the late 88 89 90 maybe something like that um i hadn't seen it prior to that i don't think um so sorry. Sort of six seven years, maybe five or six years after after it came out at the cinema, um, on television, no doubt, um, you know, probably chopped to ribbons, I would imagine, because it's quite. I mean, <clears throat> although there's there's a there's a conscious effort with this film um, to make a sequel to Conan the Destroyer, and this was the the sticking point with um, Schwarzenegger. He writes quite sort of. Uh, extensively about this in his or one of his autobiographies, uh, Total Recall. Uh, one of the sticking points with Dino De Laurentiis, who was the producer, uh, really, was that, um, you know, the, the aim was to make a Conan film that was family friendly. And obviously that cheesed off um, Schwarzenegger um, who said yeah, you don't? No
0: one wants that. Do they? You don't. Yeah,
1: you don't. You clearly don't understand Conan or the character. Or it also che-
0: any film that's got the word destroyer in the title to be family friendly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it also cheesed off the the guys that wrote the story, which were Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway, who are two uh, comic book writers who really knew the material. Mm. And and, and, and the story was adapted for the screen by uh, Stanley Mann, who um, who sort of tempered it and confused it a bit I mean th- to, to the extent that um, Roy Thomas and, and Jerry Conway both uh, working together wrote a comic book version of the same story changing some of the characters names they were, they were so unhappy with the finished film that they adapted the story into a comic book in 1990 called Conan the Horn of Azoth uh, and Azoth is the um, substitution for Dagoth in the film and mm. um, uh, the only person that it seems wasn't um uh cheesed off really was richard Fleisch and 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 who sort of accepted everything that the the producers wanted him to do and um Schwarzenegger's kind of said it, yeah it was because he was in his Mid, mid-60s or late-60s at the time, just happy to sort of get work. So he did not put up a fight and he just sort of rolled over and said, yeah, let's make a family-friendly Conan film. Oh, that's fine, you know. But even despite that, <clears throat> you know, it, it, when the film was produced, uh, the film that was made um, quite clearly isn't very family-friendly, at least not by sort of modern standards, I don't think. There's um, there's quite a lot of gore. <laughs> mm. Even in the Finnish film, there are a lot of, uh, there's, some, there's some quite sort of, not as many as in The Barbarian, Kevin The Barbarian, but there's some, there's some quite grisly beheadings and, and sort of, you know, sword slashes with geezers of blood spurting out and, and, and that kind of thing. The, what they did seem to cut back in, in the final edit, uh, because it was submitted to the MPAA, and the MPAA said, right, uh, it, 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 we'll, we'll give it an R rating, and the producers wanted a, a PG. And, um, you know, for this family friendly audience Um, and uh, what they did seem to cut out was uh, um, a scene in which uh, the Queen, Sarah Douglas's character, seduces Conan near the start of the film. Um, you know, in order to uh, persuade him to accept the quest to escort the Princess Jenna. And also, they cut back on some of the
3: gore, but, um, I
1: mean, even so, it's not... I, I don't think I'd show this to my kids.
3: <laughs> did, did they did they cut out the uh, the scene where the, the Queen eats a hamster? Oh, no, that's the... <laughs>
1: Ah, dear, Sarah, Sarah Douglas, queen of villainy in films, in 80s films. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange one, this, I think. And, um, you know, in the UK, of course, the BBFC cut out um, and removed some scenes of animal cruelty, horse trips, or horse falls um, in
0: that. Conan so. punching a camel to death.
1: Yeah, Conan punching horses, Conan punching the camel. Well, the, the, the incident with Conan punching the camel is... Um, I think there's a callback to Conan the Barbarian, mm. isn't it? It's yeah, true. yeah, because, because he... he, he um, <laughs> drunkenly smacked one, does not he? But yeah, he, he says... Uh, they're riding through the village, aren't they? Mm, they yeah, he says so sorry
0: to it, doesn't he? They? Malak
1: yeah. Malak to the camel. And, and Malak says, doesn't that animal look familiar? And Conan apologises to the
2: camel. So, <laughs> which sorry, which ma- makes no sense, just as an aside, makes no sense because Malak isn't in the first film. Malak is, but it's David Lander, isn't it? Malak's not in the first film. Subutai is oh, his... Subutai, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so God, Malak, Malak, Malak is nowhere to be seen in the first film, so he wouldn't even know anything about that camel. That, because he probably he... saw it
3: on VHS.
2: <laughs> the camel that Second, he found <laughs> VHS he got from. <laughs> they're, they're drunk in the city, and and they're just wandering about, and they're drunk, Subutai encoded, and, and and yeah. then he sort of he bumbles into this camel by accident, and smacks it one that's right yeah, yeah. The, the people are not too happy with him and it's a very quite a dark scene they're like oh come let's leave this place and whatever so they go off but malak's nowhere to be seen so he would recognize the camel unless uh. conan has punched many camels <laughs> <laughs> he just goes around punching camels it's like oh it's another yeah. camel he's punched but, but, uh, but i 80, i, 80, I so think take issue the fact that they'd
0: recognize the camel at all i mean it, it's a it's a camel
2: yeah, camels are camels, they yeah. all yeah.
0: look very similar
2: But it's a callback to the first film that makes no sense Yeah,
0: That's what I'm
2: yeah. saying The only way it works is if Conan is a serial camel puncher Which yeah. is a film I would like to see Conan the camel puncher I think there's I mileage know. there I think that would work A yeah. anyway, <laughs> new sequel, Conan the camel puncher <laughs> I would
0: go see Conan the camel puncher better than Conan the Destroyer It's my new favourite scene <laughs> i scene in Arnold Schwarzenegger in a thong puncher camel Yeah, I, I've, I've
2: digressed and sorry. T- I, I That's fine I, After thirty-five years of being pent up about that camel puncher
3: thing, there could be a sequel to Conan the Camel Puncher, and it could be Conan the Camel Puncher Toe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: Conan the Camel Toe Stubber. Go back to your chicken. Yeah, yeah, eat your chicken, Pete. Um, What you were (coughs) saying about the animal cruelty, though, I I did remember uh, thinking within within five minutes. I was thinking, oh, Peter can't be happy about this. The animal organization. Oh, I was, I was fine with that, it. Oh, yeah, cause, yeah. cause <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of well, horses being thrown around here, aren't there? I
1: was going to well, say was, the, the thing with the camel, the punching of the camel seems quite innocent. But I mean, Conan apologises. <laughs> 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 camel, the, Conan says, "I'm sorry about what happened last time." The ca- camel spits at and He punches the camel, knocking it down. It seems quite an innocent moment, but um, how that was achieved was, I think, they they, they, they trip essentially tripwired the camel. They, they tied its front
2: oops
1: yeah. um with a wire and, and, and pulled and pulled the um uh the camel's foot legs out from under it so it went forwards which is quite a cool thing to do to an animal you know and
2: yeah they did the same in the in the barbarian there's two in the original release of barbarian there was two there were two cuts in the battle scenes where horses got tripped up um because they could get away with those things in filming in different countries who had different um, animal, sort of humane laws, whatever you want to call so, it. Yeah. So they, I think this was filmed, is it, in Mexico? Mexico, yeah. And then yeah. the first one was Spain, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah Barbarian. Yeah. So there was, yeah, there wasn't so much of a, a worry about doing whatever you wanted with animals. Yeah. Tripping, them, tripping them up, I mean. Yeah. But
0: those... that like them saying to Schwarzenegger, you've got two options. We either trip the camel up, and he goes, oh, I don't like the sound of that, or you can fight it. Yeah, trip it up. Yeah. <laughs> <Knock> it over.
1: <laughs> there we
0: go.
1: Um, what was I saying? There? I can't remember what I was going to say then. But uh, animal yeah, cruelty. Those, were, those were Animals. the moments that were cut from the British release. But even with that, it had a, it got a fifteen over here. Um, mm. In America, it's a PG with the animal cruelty. In, well, they, don't,
2: they don't have anything between PG and R, do they?
1: Well, they didn't at the time. But the PG thirteen came. Was it Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? A couple of years later, um, they created the PG thirteen.
2: That's the same year, eighty four.
1: Was it? Yeah. So it would have been just after this, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I'm reading about this that uh, Indiana
3: Jones was probably the the straw that broke the camel's back.
2: Chicken, chicken with you. Back to
3: chicken.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Bro, what? Anyone wondering in our listeners sort of thing? What's going on? Pete is eating leftover chicken (laughs) for breakfast. Back to your chicken. Eat
1: your chicken. Um. Um. But, yeah, I mean, we didn't have the 12 at the time, of course, did we? But uh, it just goes to show the discrepancy in <coughs> some attitudes. that The Americans cut back on the <coughs> – um, well, I was going to say they cut back on the sexual content, but even even then it's still quite uh, – um, there's, there's, there's still enough for that for you to sit and watch. Oh, mm. that's, that's a bit uh, – um, Well, there's
3: an in- interesting um, – oh, what was it? The Day the Earth Caught Fire film. Uh, there, was, uh, there was a commentary with the the director and he was reflecting on it it was really interesting because he was watching it for the first time for ages and he wasn't sure which 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 um which country's edit he was watching and he was it was he was really looking forward to the bit where the uh, the woman in it gets gets um, changed or something and it's like oh i don't i don't know if this is the american or the british version because the british one or one of them cut out the swearing and one of them yeah. cut out the the, the nudity <clears throat> and he was like oh I wonder which one this is <laughs> <laughs> but i think a 15 is about right
1: i mean i was watching this last last night thinking well well yesterday again we visited it and thinking well i don't think i'd let my 10 year old watch it really i don't know um but um, uh, but yeah yeah it's it, it's it's a str- it's a strange choice for a family friendly film but apparently according to Schwarzenegger De Laurentiis was um, motivated by the success of E T. But, yeah. oh, of course, yeah. That very yeah. comfortable film. <laughs> exactly, that's
2: what I wasn't ready But not, it, it, it was
0: not it, a single it, camel punched in ET, as far as I remember. No.
2: Mm. <laughs> it would have <it, laughs> been better if Conan, Conan was going around ancient Samaria trying to find parts to an old phone and Conan phoning <laughs> home. That would have been a better film. <laughs> so, in terms of contemporary reviews, uh, did anybody dig up? Oh yes, I actually,
3: actually did. For, That's great people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't normally um, do this. So uh Roger Ebert. Yeah, I got. Um some really interesting stuff actually that I, uh, I only looked at this this morning, and I think before this, I was just ready to you know talk about how silly it was, but he does he does mention something interesting in this. I, actually, we might be able to talk about something sensible about the film. Um, but yeah, he says um, he says it's the beginning of a movie dynasty, um, which again is interesting because it is a sequel. Um, one that could replace Tarzan in supplying our need for a noble savage in the movies. Um, and that isn't, that's interesting when you start to think about that, you know, because then you can start to think about characters like, I don't know, maybe a stretch, but like Dirty Harry and the man with no name in the, in the spaghetti westerns where they're, so, you know, obviously in those films, you know, we're talking different kinds of savages, but, uh, you know, they're not part of the um, nice society or whatever, but they've also got a noble code or whatever, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. You know, the idea of a noble savage uh, being a new... Well, I don't know if it's new, but a, a fourth-run sort of character type. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: It um, yeah. says about it being sillier, funnier, and more entertaining than the first yeah. Conan, and uh, repackaging Coney as your, Coney, Conan as your family-friendly barbarian. Um, and th- that sort of thing always makes me think of the Robocop stuff, you know, because, I mean, I don't think any of the films ended up being a massively family-friendly, apart from maybe the last one. But, um, you know, by the time the sequel came out, there were computer games and, and toys oh, and stuff, yeah. you know, aimed at children, which was always a bit bizarre. It's, um, it's sorry. sorry,
2: people.
3: No, go on. Sorry. i was ju- just go back to the... the uh, it, it does not require extraordinary acting ability, <laughs> which we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to um uh more cheerful than the first Conan movie so yeah there you go yeah
1: yeah i mean i think quite look looking at quite a few of the reviews there's a um i mean vincent canby's in the new york times said as well this is the first in what threatens to be a long line of sequels to conan the barbarian but threatens of course So you, yeah. you can get get the gist of his review from that tone um but uh there was a bit of an expectation i think that there we're going to be many conan films and in fact mm. um of course, owing mean, to uh, various factors, uh, one of which was that, that um, Schwarzenegger wasn't happy with what they did with this film, but also became busy with other projects that, you know, they, they, they projected sequels, uh, Conan uh, sequels, because Milius wanted um, um, Schwarzenegger back to make King Conan, didn't he, at one point? Was it King Conan? Yeah,
2: this um, King Conan or Conan the Conqueror. Conan the Conqueror,
1: yeah, and, and and which would completely, from what I understand, would have completely ignored what happened in Conan the Destroyer and just sort of, you know, uh,
2: erased with, it from. And with good cause, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there were some notes uh, on IMDb. I think that after the film, um, Schwarzenegger reprised his role as, as Conan for something. I can't remember what Red it was.
1: It, it's Sonia. not. It's not. He doesn't
3: play Conan. Conan
1: in Red Sonja, does he? He plays a character that's very like Conan. Yeah,
3: but there was something else, like a computer game or something, where he's is in it. I have to see if I can find that. Okay. Well, there was
1: a, a Conan computer game, wasn't there? There's um, been
2: there's been loads,
1: but most recently Conan Exiles, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, I think that was most recently. Um, I mean, the, the, the Conan the Conan thing. I don't know if any, any of you have read any Robert E. Howard. Yeah,
2: yeah, I've <clears> read some um, read some of the Conan stuff
1: yeah i mean i'd, I'd like i mean I'd, i've got my issues with robert e howard i mean he's, he's kind of a basement dweller who sort of had to, to contempt up this this barbarian that rampaged and seduced women and, and you know and so on and so forth there's a lot of sort of weird chauvinistic stuff in howard's writing but yeah. um, sort of a parallel
2: <coughs> parallel to um lovecraft around the same time isn't it I yeah yeah either, but, so these well, he tr- problematic uh, modern views who yeah but but i think his sense of world building is incredible
1: I, I mean i really like howard's writing i've, I've read a lot of Howard's i've, I've even re-read some of his work a couple of years back actually um you know and, and the same with lovecraft as well as you know the, and, and this film is a bit of a dovetailing of of, of Howard and Lovecraft with Dagoth, this this sort of um, statue that's brought to life by mm-hmm. this jewelled horn um, in its forehead, and um, Dagoth sort of sounding a little bit like Dagon as well. Anyway, um, but this sense of these these ancient gods, these old gods, which which bubbled away in the back of the Howard books, Howard stories, I should say, um, but um, you know that seems to be you know this, this 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 the story that this this script is based on. Um, as I say by uh, uh 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 Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway uh seems to be as much influenced by Lovecraft as uh, as Howard's work um I mean there's a few of the Conan stories that were quite horror themed anyway weren't there mm-hmm. um, you might recall "Bed Mists I think was one of them you know vampires and, and so on and so forth but uh, but yeah I mean I, I really like um uh Conan the Barbarian. I think it's um, uh, you know it, it captures that spirit and and that sort of um, irony of Howard's work uh, very well. Um, like I say, there are some sort of quite problematic viewpoints if you know looking at looking at the Howard stories from a modern perspective. But it's the same with Conan the Barbarian because, of course, you know that, that's a film that is, uh, depending on your depending on one's point of view, is either an exploration of um the uh sort of seductive appeal of, of sort of fascism really or a fascist film isn't it you know it's a bit like dirty harry isn't it you know you can look at it in more than one and in fact they both of those function kind of as mirrors for your own soul i think it's getting a bit deep into it but you know <laughs> you, you take from conan the barbarian what you bring to it i mean i find it for me it's a film about uh you know about uh how seductive uh, that sort of totalitarian mindset can be it's in, in the form of thoughts of doom and the conan figure that, that sort of quells that threat is equally problematic you know um uh you know that that line what is best in life conan uh and uh, to see to see your enemies kneel before you to, to and to hear the lamentations of the women <laughs>
2: I, I would I would argue there's a counter argument to that those sort of thing that that comes very early in the film before he has E-ball. actually so, yeah. e- evolved yeah. and grown as grown as a character and and you know I just want to met... the line, AD. Absolutely, yeah. We <laughs> yeah. had the lamentation of the women. It's a very yeah. strange. It's a, yeah, I think it's about the probably almost like the first line of dialogue, proper dialogue, in it, apart from the dad's speech, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, let's not talk. About, we'll, we'll, I would we'll don't get us to Barbarian because we're done. You know, we'll we'll talk about Destroyer anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll 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 dial back. Um but yeah, can be also
1: said that um, so like I say, can be can be said like Abert that there was a, a sense of going to be sort of many, many sequels and of course, you know, the only other Conan film with Schwarzenegger was Red Sonja, which isn't really a Conan mm. film, Conan <laughs> influence. until that Jason Momoa remake about mm. ten years ago. Mm. Um The the thing
3: I was thinking of was, uh, I've just looked at it, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger almost returned as Conan in Netflix Love, Death and Robots Season 2. Oh, Um, right. right. Interesting. interesting. And there's also a call on here for, Arnold Schwarzenegger fans want King Conan now more than ever.
2: Yes. That's because there's not much time left.
3: Exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, but can be also as though the film was entirely made in, in Mexico on some rugged locations. Some of those locations were the same location mm. used in Dune. David yeah. Lynch's Dune. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Um, handsomely mm. photographed by Jack Cardiff. And and I think that's a valid point as well because Cardiff's photography in this is great. You know, mm. from the opening shot of those, um, the guys riding across the, uh, or, or the Queen uh, leading the, the, the sort of the heavies riding across the landscape with that red filter. I mean, I think it's beautifully mm. shot. Um, so, they're the films that made in Mexico. The sensibility is Southern California suburban, complete with patio cookouts. The only difference is that the meat on the spin is likely to be an unfriendly <laughs> barbarian neighbour. I quite like that. Um, and Paul Willisstein in The Morning Call said everything about this movie is epic the scenery, the cinematography, the special effects, the actors and actresses, the musical score, even the credits. I don't know if mm. he's being sarcastic. Is here. he watching the same film? I'm not sure. And the movie is surprisingly better than one would imagine for its kind. Production values are high and director Richard Fleischer with a long list of epics to his credit keeps the action moving, Ooh. which is what the genre is all about. Aimed chiefly at teens and preteens, it is essentially a Saturday afternoon movie, the kind of film you might watch if it's raining. It's nothing less and <laughs> certainly nothing more than that. And I'm not quite sure how 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 far his tongues wedged in his cheek there. Uh, i do I, 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 I do take issue that the blu-ray that i've got's got a quote on it even more enjoyable than conan the barbarian which i would <laughs> i think i mean it needs something on the end of it if you're hammered <laughs> you know if you if you haven't seen the barbarian if you, you have seen if you're a big grace jones fan you know, yeah. if you like, if you like sweaty monsters, I don't know. There's something needs you know. Yeah. If you wanted to see Schwarzenegger
2: in less clothes, they need there's something that needs to be put on the end of that quote because it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, it doesn't track. It's one of those quotes that's taken out of context. Context. This is more is. enjoyable than Conan the Barbarian if you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I mean certainly that
3: comment on keeping the action flowing. I mean, that's a comment for later that I've that I've got. You know. It
1: does, to be fair. I mean, the the it does move along at a fair clip, doesn't it? There's lots of fights.
3: Well, I yeah, I don't know, but I think the the whole film could probably be cut down by about forty minutes oh, if, yeah. if if they if they cut out all the pondering. An hour and e- forty. E- well, e- 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 every scene every every sort of scene or shot goes on for like one or two seconds too long, where know, fun- where someone watches someone leave or someone nods at something thoughtfully that someone's just said.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that, Peter. And I, I, I was when I was doing my research for this, I read that some, and I didn't put it in my notes, but uh, I can't remember if it's in Schwarzenegger's autobiography or something else, another piece that I read about it. But somebody else said exactly the same thing that there's, there's too many scenes that it, just drag. Mm. There's like three or four seconds at the end of, end of a shot. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think, I just, the, I think the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> my argument would be with this is that they're trying to ape. Okay, let's 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 go back to the Barbarian again. I mean, Barbarian is written by Oliver Stone, um, you know, directed by John Milius. There is a pedigree in Barbarian that's not. I know Richard Fleischer is a, you know, we've done a lot, but there's not that doesn't have that same kind of pedigree. There's, There's more. There's more thought. There's more consideration in barbarian which is one of the things i really like about it and well, yes yes, it, a, it, is, it can be ponderous but they're trying to do that in this but there's nothing mm, there to, to ponder, ponder about on. yeah well, there's no there's I'm no gonna... weight to any of it <laughs> I mean, the thing is,
1: I think I think just to sort of interrupt you about Fleischer, I mean, Fleischer made The Vikings, which is quite that's an amazing film. And can't, but that's
2: 19... And, 90, what was that, 1958?
1: But yeah, this is what I'm saying. I don't think the issue is Fleischer. I think the fact that Fleischer was at a stage in his career where he was just
2: willing to sort of do yeah, what exactly. Suits him. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can't, you know, you, you if you give him crap ingredients of the scripts and you try to make them deep, you just look stupid. Mm. You end up with something like The Room.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and,
2: and I think the issue uh, with this isn't Fleischer's handling I think
1: Fleischer handles it well. For me, I think the issue is not the story as well by Thomas and Conway, who are comic book writers. They know the craft. They know Conan. I think the issue is with the script by Stanley yeah. Mann. And, and it, that it seems to be yeah.
3: A lot of scenes it, that fit kind of finished like right in I think Mon- Monty Monte from uh, Life of Brian, is it I can't <coughs> remember if it's Spike Milligan or <coughs> Or if it was Palin, where a scene ends and he just sort of um, goes, um, yeah, and
2: sort of flaps his hands about a bit and then walks off. (laughs) It's like the difference between, you know, between Barbarian and this again, is like the drunk scenes. When Conan gets drunk in Barbarian, there's a couple of things. There's one way he smacks the camel, but he does it out of reflex. You know, yeah. the camel sort of actually, he just sort of walks into it and he's like, oh, because he's, he's drunk and he's, a, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. But there's a sense of menace in that scene where all the people then come around going, Oh, are too big to be a thing. Get out. And, like, and then the bit later on where they get all the riches, they steal the jewels, and then they think everything's perfect. And then it just ends with him face down in a bowl of, you know, green gruel because that's, you know, they get so hammered and wasted and everything like that. In this, he turns into a babbling idiot you know, the, the promise I was kingdomed. Oh, yeah. who wrote this? Yeah. And that's, that's the difference between these two films and how they approach the character, and that's yeah. that's one of the problems. I mean, if, if that comic book that I mentioned
1: earlier that Thomas and Conway wrote in 1990 called Conan the Horn of Azos, uh, Roy Thomas wrote an introduction to that book in which he said that the, the Dino De Laurentiis, the producer, had no idea who Conan was. It was quite a scathing sort of account of the, 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 the making of the film. He said that De Laurentiis had no idea who Conan was and wouldn't listen to the, to the writers when they tried to explain you know, the paradigms of Robert E. Howard's work, him it was because yeah.
2: Producer on the first one, Pressman. Pressman?
1: I think it was ever Pressman. Yeah. Yeah. Pressman. Pressman. Was, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, um, even, um, uh, it, even, Schwar- Schwarzenegger in his autobiography, or one of his autobiographies, like I said, said, and I'm quoting here, but you, you couldn't make Conan the barbarian into Conan the babysitter. That's a great line. He was oh. not a PG <laughs> character. He was a violent guy who lived for conquest and revenge. Um, and, but, but despite that, the tone was made much more because <coughs> um, de Laurentiis wanted to sort of tap into the popularity of E.T. Um, and, and Schwarzenegger has in that autobiography, I think, as I recall, he has some similar doubts or expresses some similar doubts about Terminator 2, because that was a similar situation. Mm-hmm. We've got of quite an adult. I use that in the broad sense. Mm-hmm. An adult. Uh, you know, uh, first film, The Terminator or Conan the Barbarian, and then the sequel sort of tries to make it, uh, uh, tries to mould itself into a picture that's more family friendly. Um, uh, uh obviously Conan in
3: this instance but but you have the same. Uh, Is that your chicken, Pete? <laughs> now I'm opening, I'm opening the raspberry mini rolls now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do <laughs> you just eat all the time? <laughs> um,
1: what was I saying? Terminator 2 uh, was an attempt to sort of make that uh, uh, you know with a sympathetic Terminator uh, played by Schwarzenegger and, and the, sort of the, the, the youthful central uh, character Edward Furlong's character um, I don't want to get too much into T2 but uh, I mean at the time I found it uh, It was, and it, I, I have the same issues with that as I have with this That the, the actions, good <laughs> but I don't I find it a bit of a betrayal of the first film I think I know that's probably a bit controversial. I know a lot of people like it. No,
2: I, I can see exactly what you mm. mean. I mean the, the first one is like, you know, hardcore, sci-fi, you know, dark sci-fi, isn't it? The second yeah. one. And the problem is, is that, well, I, I guess the difference there is that, you know, T2 at the time was, was it the most expensive film ever mm. made? It was, yeah. Um, yeah. So they you, you couldn't make something like The Terminator to recoup that cost. Conan the Destroyer looks like it was made on a fiver.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it had a reasonable budget, though. To be fair,
2: and I think I think it did, and it does I think show.
1: It made, made more than Conan the Barbarian, didn't it? Which is probably you know at the, at the box office, which is might be a sad reflection of uh, of uh, you know mainstream yeah. cinema taste. But anyway, um, but certainly this, this film uh, fits into that. I think fits more into this paradigm than Conan the Barbarian. But that paradigm of eighties sword and sorcery films, films like Beastmaster. Deathstalker, hmm. The numerous Italian rip-offs of that, you know, conquest. Ruggiero Diod uh, Baluccio Unfortunately, Ruggiero Diodato's the Barbarians, um, which I rewatched a couple of weeks back as a birthday treat. Um, D'Amato's ator the Fighting Eagle, she with Sandal Bergman, who of course was in um, played Valeria in Conan the Barbarian, the Sorcerer, um, Haunt the Slayer, Albert Pion's The Sword and the Sorcerer. I think Conan the destroyer with its silly Crawl, yeah, I think with yeah, its silliness, cool. it kind of fits in. Conan the Barbarian's a bit of an outlier because it's uh,
2: uh, a bit more thoughtful, I think. Well, is 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 Conan? I mean, is it the is it that sort of genre cycle where you get the the, the first one? I mean, I, I, I you know, Conan the Barbarian kind of kicked it all, kickstarted it off, I believe. You know, there's probably I know there were sword and sandals epics before then, and think, but I think that that period, early eighties. There was a slew, especially you know Italian style ones, yeah. that, that mean, came Hull, through Hull, on the back Hull, of it. So Hull
1: the Slayer was the, the first of that, wasn't it? I think the, the sword sorcery. I uh, guess.
2: Yeah. But, but but I think but current the but the Barbarian kind of set the template, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: it's
2: a set the this is what it is. So you know there are you, you you know there are buddy moves before Lethal Weapon, but Lethal Weapon set the template. You know, That's yes, yeah. that, that's yeah. that's how you look at it. So and is is current the Destroyer therefore the you, um, sort of like scream, or is it like scary movie to scream? That is, is it you Probably. know? But not not only you know unintentionally is this the the later uh, the oh, we need to do almost a, is there, is it kind to say well we kind of, let's deconstruct Conan the Barbarian and look at Destroyer in the sense that it's actually parodying it. I'm not going to do that because Destroyer is crap and it doesn't deserve that. But is that is that is it possible that 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 kind of loop where the, the you know you get the imitators and then you get the ones that actually look at it in a different way i don't know yeah,
1: yeah yeah i mean certainly it's a different approach
2: i mean it's like a a taming of the the material isn't it yeah and just but, to but say it like, just to say as well barbarian made more money a lot more
1: did it oh well, that's,
2: yeah that, gone to, IMD, cool. to imdb worldwide gross for barbarian was 68 million destroyer destroyer yeah. was uh 31 oh i'd right. say so,
1: yeah yeah it's quite substantial. even,
2: even in the u.s uh, u.s barbarian took 39
1: yeah, yeah. What I find interesting about Conan the Destroyer, though, I think one of the things that I do find interesting about it is that you've got special effects <coughs> uh, uh, makeup by Gianetto De Rossi. Um, presumably, this is a De, De Laurenti's uh, 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 sort of connection, but uh, Gianetto De Rossi, who did some of the makeup effects for Lucio Fulci's zombie mm. film. Um, and the, the, the creature design is by Carlo Rambaldi. Um, who uh, uh, who had worked of course with, you know, an Italian uh, uh, horror cinema on um, Lucio Fulci's thriller um, Lizard in a Woman's Skin. There's a famous uh, case uh, of that film where Rambaldi designed these sort of vivisected dogs that were still alive in a nightmare sequence which uh, was alleged to be so realistic that uh, the producers were taken to court in four four cities in italy i think it was four cities with allegations that they had actually mutilated these poor dogs and rambaldi wheeled out these these animatronic creatures that he sort of created um rambaldi is a bit of a genius i mean rambaldi designed et as well didn't he of course yeah Um, you know um, that was part of his hollywood career um and um uh, the creature designs are all right in this i I mean <laughs> I, I don't think quite top tier though. The more Star <laughs> Star crash ET, you know, especially Dagoth at the end, uh, you know, and, and um, uh, um, when when it starts to come alive, it, 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 I was referred to Dagoth as a youth as the jelly that jelly baby monster from that Conan film, because there's a point when, when when Dagoth's statue starts to come alive where it looks more like a jelly baby. Well, there's a,
2: to be, I actually there's a bit in the middle before between. When it's Dagoth, it's stupid. And with the Sleeping God, I quite like the Sleeping God statue. I, th- I quite like that and when it gets the horn in it. There's a bit where it kind of starts to get all veiny and weird.
4: Yeah, uh, and yeah. If it
2: had stopped oh. there, I'd actually have been into that. and gone maybe like, I don't know, sort of stop motion Harryhausen or something. They could have had well, quite, a, quite a good sequence there with yeah. that, because that looks quite, it almost looks quite Harryhausen-ish, that bit. But then they they go full on they go full on rubber, and it's, yeah, it's not yeah. good.
1: I, was gonna, I, I think the bit you're talking about, Adi, is a bit when I re-watched it yesterday um, and, and I sort of watched it and thought, oh, this is a bit, you know, this is almost like Rob Bottin's work on the thing. Yeah.
4: Exactly. You know, that monster yeah. at
1: the end. And it, like, as you say, if there's a gone stop motion. Um, But yeah, then it just it's operated the giant in a, a sort of a <laughs> slimy suit, isn't it? And, um, you know... With a weird
2: wrong way mouth. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um oh. Anyway. thought of this? yeah (laughs) but uh but yeah it's not rambaldi's best work i don't think but i I find it interesting that because i'm i'm a fan of italian sort of you know horror cinema that um that De Rossi and Mambaldi worked on this film, and it sort of uh, it draws me back. I mean, some of the the makeup effects are quite good. Like the the um, you've you've of course got those moments where Conan slashes people off, the, and there's these sort of geysers of blood spurt, which is you know is an imitation of what we see in the first film, isn't it? But you've also got some. there's, there's quite a good beheading. Isn't it when um, he rescues uh, uh, the Wizard of the Mound, uh, uh, K- Kiro? Kiro is his name. Kiro, is his name? Yeah.
4: Um,
1: from the cannibals, and the cannibals seem to have walked in from the G- 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 Africa's <laughs> yeah. Cannibal Holocaust, don't they? They, they, they look They're like a the, different the, film. Yeah, they look like the guys. Swamp. Yeah, this is a kids' film, and, yeah. and, um, and Jenna says, uh, oh, what "Are what they going to do with him?" And uh, yeah, why is he, he wandered off from his beach hut? Yeah, in the Conan, middle of nowhere but, but Conan says they're having lunch doesn't he that's, yeah. that's, and then he rescues him but he, he sort of rides in but yeah they look like the swamp people from Cannibal uh, Holocaust <laughs>
2: it's so stupid that and bit it's so it, bizarre
1: but, but, but Conan swings his sword doesn't he and he lops this and his head goes flying into the air yeah. this, this is a PG, PG rated film in America You know.
0: yeah true um, what got me about that scene is they're essentially about to cook that gentleman on a spit aren't they yeah <laughs> You
2: Why said the so back. <laughs> yeah, and Peter Lavie for leftovers, yes, tomorrow.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why have they kept his clothes on? <clears throat> crackling. <laughs> they're the leather. They're leather clothes, so it'd be a bit crackling.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> clean, clean, Cleaned a bit of wizard out your teeth with that. <laughs> you know, I've mean, never cooked a person. That
1: <laughs> never even not. entered my head. I just thought, yeah, it's cooking that fellow with his clothes on. But yeah, it, <laughs> is, it, it is a little bit of a you know that that sort of Italian sort of cannibal film cycle, isn't it? In the middle of a a a, a romp.
2: Yeah, well, one, one, one could almost say is this is a uh, 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 it's talking of their clothes on. You you're looking at the same thing in Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks. I mean, let's oh, not yeah, forget yeah. That the Ewoks yeah, are about to eat ham. Really? Yeah, let forget this. You know the Ewoks, all oh, cute and cuddly. They were going to eat Han, Clothes yeah. and all. Again, can... but yeah but again, but he had a leather waistcoat on. Crackling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, <laughs> secrets of cannibalism. Cannibalistic <laughs> <laughs> cooking.
1: We mentioned the Kiro. I mean, the Kiro narrates, um, Well the actor narrates the the opening and closing of this, doesn't he? The same as in uh, Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, um, it's
2: worse. It's much worse though. But his well, intonation, his delivery is way worse is the the, the, the coloration, you know the, the
1: opening narration ends with the same phrase let me tell you of the days of high adventure but uh, what what was going to say was that the that introduction feels rushed and that there's much less inflection than the first one and I think that's that that opening sort of sets the tone for the rest of the film it feels much more rushed and with less inflection less
2: nuance that's true because the and let's, if we can talk about the music a bit because um, I love I mean absolutely oh, adore, dogs. Yeah, yeah yeah I absolutely adore the soundtrack it's my favorite soundtrack to the first film. It's an amazing suite of music that he created for the first film. And this, as soon as it starts, you're like, it's, it's this, do you know what this film feels like? You know, uh, it feels like um, uh supermarket owned brand Conan. Yes. Yeah. Every, everything's it's, it's not got the label on it, but it's just the same. Trust me. It's just the same. And it's like, it's not really, it's not, yeah. um, it, it, you know, no, trust me, when you get it open, you won't notice a difference. And everything feels a little bit off. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's I can kind of see it. It's kind of a an imitation of the thing. You know, it's like the thing. It's, it's in Conan, it's imitation. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's, a pan,
0: watch, it's a panda for a takeaway. Yeah,
2: it's that dodgy cover you'd get of a, of, a, of a band when you used to go in supermarkets, like Tate's and stuff in the 80s, and you'd hear them on the thing. And it's like, it's not quite, uh, this isn't quite, uh, you know, tears for fears, uh, but it's, it's similar. And it, this is what this feels like. This film feels like, Someone saw Conan and went, "Yeah, we, we, can, we can do that. We can do it for yeah, we, we, but we'll change it and didn't get it." And that's what, the, and that that comes down to the opening sequence, as you say, Paul, because yeah. they're, they're they're riding across what you know the steps or you know the, the whatever it is they're riding across that big open landscape, and then that but they think, "Oh, we've got what that we've got to get the Conan music in quick, 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 get the Conan music in, Basil, get the Conan music in, Basil." No, 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 let me, Basil, music, um, and that's what it feels like. It feels like um, Conan by committee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need that music, and people recognise that music. But the music's slightly speeded up and weird. I was going to say,
1: yeah, I was going to say it's recognisable as Polydorius. It's got those motifs, the same motifs and themes, but it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right, does it? No. Um, and 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 the at the start of the film, of course, the the riders and the queen encounter Conan in the battle at the site of the Battle of the Mounds, in the, and it's a callback to the first film, isn't it? You know, he's mourning at that uh, slab where Valeria's body was was laying. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right. can, and, and and the fight. Sorry, adrian and the fight between Conan and and the queen's guards. The pointless um, fight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's utterly pointless, but it's, again, it's a callback to the Battle of the Mounds in the same setting, isn't it? And it, it's it's just, like you say, it's an imitation of of, of, of the first film in a way that, that doesn't feel satisfying. Sorry, you was going to say something else, Aidy, sorry. I... No, I
2: think Mark, I think Mark. Was well, it I Mark,
1: think, sorry? I
3: think it was I, me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was <laughs> <pretty> <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was just I, I was I was writing some notes as I was watching that first scene, and I think it pretty much sums up the whole film. Where it, so so you've got the opening fight, and I've just scribbled down my notes of slow motion man holding his net, then yeah. then the slow motion of the same man being thrown across the <laughs> screen, going ah, oh incredible slow yeah, motion, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Garth,
2: uh, Garth level to slow motion, then uh,
3: no blood, then all the blood. Um, <laughs> Arnie just punched a horse, and then Conan's thinking face. <laughs> <laughs> he does that, where She goes, go, The Queen's asking to think, and he's like, Hmm, thinking. And
0: that's it. <laughs> yeah, because that's my that, favourite kind of fight scene in films, that <laughs> way, where, uh, where they all attack one at a time. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. a good gap the, the, first, as well. the first bloke comes with his nets and he tries to catch. Conan and it doesn't work, and the next bloke goes, Well, I'll do the exact same thing. And I'll definitely <laughs> work.
2: Was a good and the gaff third bloke notes, IMDb Well, they
0: to do it right, but I'll do it
2: right. <laughs> There's and a gaff noted on IMDb about the net when he slices through it's got a metallic sound effect. Yeah, and I noticed it work. works. I noticed that. Well, I
1: assumed, but, it, I assumed, to be honest, it was a reinforced net.
2: <laughs> I <saw> thought <it. laughs> yeah, he's there, a there muscly a- gentleman.
3: There was a bit that I noticed where he hits the ground with his sword to a similar sort of thing. But uh, I, I, I thought it would be, you know, childish to mention such. Just too
2: many. There's too many bits. And there's some great notes on IMDb where people, whether whether what they say is not what they say, <laughs> the no. overdubs just don't back still in <laughs> any way, shape or way. You're like,
0: oh, dear Lord. There's, I think I got, <laughs> there was there was a point when I was watching it, and because I was having problems with it freezing, that for a, for a good chunk of me watching the film um the the people on screen were speaking a good second or two before there was any <laughs> noise so it reminded me of sort of like an old um you know the old dubbed martial arts films
3: yeah well, this yeah. is this is genuine and I'll just be dead quick but i i bought a dvd collection of it of um oh what's his face um lynch david lynch short films yeah yeah and me and a friend were watching it now we may or may not have but we were in we we're in the correct mood to be watching it <coughs> is, all, is all I'm saying Eating chicken yeah and, um, <laughs> and old chicken and there was <laughs> very old it made you feel all tingly. and um, there, there was there's was a short film where uh, there were two cowboys talking by a field or something right and and we were watching it and and the dub was was off it was like a few seconds of you know either before or after it, it wasn't matching up. And we watched the whole thing, thinking, "Oh, it's David Lynch. That's that's the point. They they've done that on purpose." But then we we paused it halfway through or something, and and to I don't know, get some more cake, and, uh, and restarted it, it and, and, and 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 the dub sorted itself out, and it was just the DVD was playing back a bit funny, <laughs> oh, but oh, we dear. just accepted it. We just accepted it. Oh, David Lynch.
0: Yeah, he's he's done that for a reason. <laughs> It was happening on mine last night. You know, when they come into that village and they find Grace Jones and she's uh, locked up and oh. they're all sort of talking oh. to her. Well, yeah, that's she's, when it she's, doing she's, it.
1: she's tethered to, a, um, to a, a rock, pillar, isn't she? she? And, or a pillar, and yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And, and there's, all... that, there's that hideous scream she does, isn't there? But that's when it started going wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, I like. So, so, it's I her like mouth open. and she'd bare her teeth, and then about 10 minutes later, I'd get that shriek.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like. Uh, Grace Jones' character, and this is Zula. Um I think it's it's uh uh I mean we talk about sort of uh representation in modern Hollywood, yes. stuff, but but you think you think back to the eighties and you think back to characters like Zula. And I, I think you know, I, I just like Grace Jones, I mean Vamp, she was very good in Vamp. View to a Kill is a terrible film, but you know just... <laughs> and <laughs> and Christopher then so. War- I d I wouldn't blame Christopher Walker for being that like Grace Jones. <laughs> But uh, but um, but I think uh, you know this this character Zula, a very resourceful female mm. character. Um, I think well. I think it's fa- it's a far stronger representation I think than than a lot of you know what we see in sort of Hollywood mm. where yeah, then then she has to be scared of the mm, the rats Well, stuff. that's a joke, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and, and she, and just give this knowing look, don't know. When she's sort of, you know, I'm scared of rats. So what, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. She, yeah. She's, you say the,
0: that about the you say that about the diversity. There was a shot, I remember, when they all come and see the, um, the, cast, the castle in the lake, you know, Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. And yeah. and they're all looking at it, and it is, for the main sort of group of people on the adventure, it is quite... Everyone's quite well represented, isn't
4: there? They are, yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, you, yeah. You've I didn't got, know it, the not Obviously, the... Mm-hmm. the grace jones the black lady and then you've got the sort of asian wizard guy and then you've got the yeah, the, the, yeah but the, that then, you've, then you've got the pony that they've put peanut butter on its gums and they're making it talk in arnold schwarzenegger
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry pete you were saying something well, well is that a good thing because
3: I, I did think and i, I was I no, someone else would talk about it but you've got no, the i'm Japanese... just
1: saying yeah i'm just saying pete that, that, that you know we, we sort of look back there's a tendency to look back on 80s cinema and, and, you know, uh, particularly as being sort of uh, having a dearth of positive representations of women or, you know, people of different ethnic backgrounds. But I don't think that's necessarily always true.
2: No, I mean, the Barbarian's got, you know, Valeria. Yeah. Um, Sandal, Sandal Bergman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's brilliant in that. I mean, she's, a right. very, you know, she's absolutely 100% the strongest character in that film. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, She she's the heart of it, I think, isn't she, Valeria? Yeah. You know, and
1: uh, and I think there's a very sort of patronising te- tendency in, in sort of current criticism to look back and say aren't we enlightened now but you know weren't mm. we sort of uncivilised before and I think you know well, I, I, it's like I often say about uh, a lot of the modern superhero films which are sort of often elevated for their sort of diverse representations, they feel very fashion they're almost like Lenny Riefen style you know to me when I, I look at them very much have a totalitarian mindset you know
0: um, well, yeah, I, uh, I look at this film in through the, the eye of, you know, someone who's much younger and who wasn't even born when this film, you know, was out. And obviously, like you say, nowadays, everyone's going, oh, look how diverse our films and our comics and our books are. But yeah, but then you get this and it's like no one's calling attention to it. So yeah,
1: it's not an issue. Sometimes the,
0: the when people go going, look how diverse our films are, by calling attention to it, you're taking away what it's supposed to mean. if You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. By yeah,
1: you're actually drawing attention to the thing that shouldn't be, you know, should be um, invisible.
0: Shouldn't you? be thought about.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, 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 the that Zula character. I think I think Grace Jones is great in this, and and she she handles the the fight scenes really well. I think. Um, I mean, it's Grace Jones that that throws that. She teaches Jenna to fight, doesn't she, with the the staff. Well, she uh,
3: offers to, doesn't she?
1: And and there's a drunken Conan and says, oh, you know, use a proper weapon, not a toothpick like that. And he tries to show her, like, you know, how to wield a sword and shows her one move and that's it. So now you know how to defend yourself. But it's Grace Jones at the end that she throws that staff, that pointed stick, doesn't she, and, and pierces the um, yeah uh, wizard. Yeah, the, 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 the speaker the keep the, the keeper of the horn. The speaker or the, the sort of the, the head uh, sort of uh, wizard if you like. Um you know, so she she's got a great parent in this, I think, Grace. Head Jones. Wizard. <laughs> um but I uh, I want to come on to the magic and magic versus might thing a bit later. I, I, going back to the fights thing, I think it's interesting that the fights here were uh, choreographed by Vic Armstrong.
0: You know, did can't help Anderson, other... but Peter's muted again, which means he's eating He's eating, <laughs> yeah Mini, rolls. Yeah,
3: mini, mini cheddars
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good lord But uh, the fights Bet here by, by child
1: <laughs> by, by Vic, Vic Armstrong um, Who uh, did quite a few of the fights For some of the, the later Bond films Didn't he And uh, Also I think you did the Indiana Jones films And Pat Roach is in this as well As you said, AD He plays uh, the wizard in the Crystal Castle And Thoth Amon yeah, uh, that that great, and and, and um, uh, I, I'll, I'll come back to thought on in a few moments, but that monster in that that room, that hall of <laughs> hall of mirrors, um, the reveal uh, of
2: that when he lifts the hood up is, is, is just amazing. Yeah, you expected something quite
3: terrifying, and it's just I well, I I had a description of him. Where, where's it gone? Uh, the black pickle lizard monster. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, you expected something, and now what did disturb me was—can you remember Beastmaster? And do you remember the the berserkers that were sort of humanoid, but uh, yeah, uh, they were half some sort of creature, um, and they always uh, disturbed me as a as a young mm-hmm. as a young person.
2: It's like I'm, a rub- it's like a rubbish bit of a uh, don't look now when he lifts yeah. the red hood up.
1: Yeah, it's just a bit disappointing. Here. But but the fight's good, you know. Um, Oh, no. <laughs> the fight <coming> <laughs> yeah. um, It reminded me very
0: much of it's, Power Rangers lot. when when the monster gets big <laughs> and they're in the in the Megazoid a little bit. There's a there's yeah. a lot
2: of there's a lot of arm stretching and uh, Did, yeah, a, lot, a, a, a lot of
0: a lot of that. Yeah, there's a bit of a fight. Yeah, there's a bit
3: of a fight later on, isn't there, where he's he's fighting one of the the bad guys with a. Helmet or not, and they do a sort of YMCA sort of routine <laughs> to each other, where they both
2: show that, Peter. <laughs> yeah, but well, that, that's the thing. Oh where yeah, they... where they're doing the thing with the swords. Yeah, well, that's mm, what they, they that's took that from. Him, yeah. And he does that a little bit in Barbarian, but that's when he's yeah. kind of getting his skills back in it. There's that one scene on the beach after he's nearly died. And it fits in context. He's like, right, can I still do this? All right, fair enough. The, you don't the, do it in the middle of a fight because it stinks what, of beastmaster, and beastmaster's terrible. What what they're doing there is
1: changing styles, isn't it? That you know, the, 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 well, I'm going to use this style. It's like rock paper scissors. <laughs> and finally, you're, Conan, you're giving it far too much credence, Paul. Conan it's... puts his big sword, in, big chopper, in front of himself, and, and <laughs> the guy charges. Um, that sword, I think, I read somewhere that that sword cost ten thousand dollars. Yeah, no, all, that, the swords, all the swords did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that fight with Thothamon in the the Crystal Castle. There's a, a, a theme in this of magic. Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, the Fortress of Solitude. There's a theme in this of, of magic versus uh, um, magic versus uh, might or muscles, I think, and that's a recurring mm. issue. Uh,
2: in in, in uh, a recurring theme. Just just before <laughs> we move on, to that, can I just say the one last thing about the fight after the fight, and they escape. Um, and they're in the, the boat rowing away. And then Akira turns around and goes, oh, It was all an illusion. Like, no one. It's actually falling into the lake. It's quite real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, an, yeah, illusion, yeah. an illusion would just disappear. <laughs> and that's one of the things that, you know, the things that annoy me about this film is that lack of attention to detail. They could have just, crazy, yes. I just had it fade away. You know, it yeah. fades fade away. It's just a model. It just fades away. There you go. That's an illusion, not something that you see bubbling down into the sea with collapsing. And if it was an illusion, all those rocks we ran away from, oh, they'd be all right. Wouldn't matter, would it? It's an illusion. Yeah. No, it's not an illusion, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I suppose
3: going back to what you were saying, Paul, I was going to make an offhand sort of comment on the fight where where Conan destroys. The pickle monster through clum- clumsiness, because he just sort of sweeps back and sort of hits the mirror, and then realizes the weakness. But if I suppose if you want to go back to that um, review uh, before by um, whoever it was by, um, where he says about the the noble barbarian, then perhaps that is part of it. You know that he's mindless in a way, but you know his his strength is physical strength. Um, But he wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, because it's set up at the start, that Queen Taramis establishes herself or she presents herself as some sort of necromancer, doesn't she? Because she says, you know, she will uh, revive or uh, 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 enable Valeria to be reborn uh, if, if Conan accepts the quest. Uh, to transport jenna to to get the the key and then to get the the, the the jeweled horn and she says to conan we shall both have what we want through magic and then of course in that crystal that crystal uh that crystal castle
2: you threw me off there ad that crystal, <laughs> that, that crystal the crystal palace. That, that's us three listening to you <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm dressed as right now you can't see
1: that's a good approximation of pete eating his chicken i think (laughs) um that's the cannibals uh the the crystal palace um uh has uh, uh that moment where conan realizes that he can defeat magic with his muscles essentially um and I mean, that, that, the staging of that fight quite deliberately echoes um, the climax of Enter the Dragon, doesn't it, with the Hall yeah. of Mirrors? Um, and there's also the man with the golden gun, isn't it, with um, James Bond facing off against Scaramanga? Oh, yeah, that's the Hall of Mirrors, isn't it, So, And, and generally speaking, it, it, at the end of Enter the Dragon, I think, doesn't Bruce Lee break the mirrors to realise which one is actually the bad guy, Han? Yeah. So yeah, and and that's what we see here that that Conan breaks these mirrors and realizes that in doing so is damaging the the form that the wizards taken leading to the wizard being sort of revealed. What his...
2: as well, maybe I missed this because I've seen it a lot of times, but maybe I didn't understand what's the what what's why, why is there a sort of. Bit of mystery at the end? Why don't you just go smash the mirrors? Why does he stand in the middle and throw yes. his sword through one? Yes. Well, because there's, there's two behind one of them. I mean, well, if he smashes dead. one and he's that, not behind any, he just goes and gets him in yeah, the other one. I, 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 don't,
3: you know, I, why, why does he feel the need to yeah. make some sort of unnecessary 50 50 mirror Russian roulette sort of game? Where <laughs> I don't
0: just his sword I Yeah. Because there might be a tiger behind one. The, the way <laughs> he defeats the wizard, if you recall,
1: recalls the way that, and it might be something. Set up in the, in the 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 original story, perhaps, but the way that he defeated because he throws the sword and pierces the wizard, it goes through the glass, and it pierces the wizard to the chest, and that's the way that Zula defeats the other wizard at the end of the film, isn't it? And yeah. um, you know, a big, I, I, big
2: you thing I, through the chest does tend yeah. to sort of destroy most things. I, I but don't you know. would think you would just just break the mirrors and then sort of mm, realize. Yeah. Anyway. I think whether there was something I'd missed, whether there was actually a reason that if he if he broke the wrong one, then the wizard would be able to I don't know respawn the mirrors like that, in some like ah oh, you've got
0: to do it again like in a really bad video game I don't,
1: it's,
2: it feels like one of those things that's not explained properly i think yeah.
0: doesn't it when yeah. he walks out of that mirror with the sword in him he's 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 just i think he's one of my favorite scenes because he just walks out and he's got this sword and the look on his face he he's just like <laughs> you knob you've got a if you want to you You kids like, pes- yeah. pesky bamboo. <laughs> Like can't I can't wait get I back know, to our we had fine, but there was no need for this,
1: wasn't it, mate? <laughs> yeah. God, but I mean, go back, going, going back to that magic versus might thing. I mean, Conan. Um, I mean, we, we know in the first film, we know from the the Howard books that Conan's got his own sort of form of spoons, sort of, uh, his own form of faith, hasn't he? Um, but he, he realised the belief in steel in in, in Conan the Barbarian. But uh, here, I mean, he scoffs, doesn't he, when. Um, Mako reads um Akiro reads from the in the tomb the, the the destiny of Jenna which is written in hieroglyphics and Conan just says it's just writing on the wall, doesn't he? Sort of dismisses that. And then at the end of the film, of course, how he defeats Dagoth is again by brute force. He climbs on the creature's back. Mm-hmm. Um is it is it Akiro shouts you've got to tear the horn from it, yes, tear out the horn. Life. And he he climbs on the hero's back and he, he rips off this creature. I mean, that's, he rips mm. off the, the creature's horn in order to defeat this sort of ancient god, <laughs> this this sort of Lovecraftian god. He tears off the horn, and it's as phallic as it. You know, you can't describe it in a way that doesn't sort of accommodate that. But uh, mm-hmm. um, you know,
3: it's it's uh, <laughs> it, well, it's it's just I mean, sinew. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> but you, you've you've got. Um, 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 physical strength versus uh, magic but uh, the, the alternative was when it was magic versus magic when you had the two um the two kids <laughs> fighting well, um with the mouth thing and it was some sort of wizard standoff with like grunting it was like a grunting indigestion battle uh, <laughs> yeah. in, until one of the what uh, the bad wizard gets really bad acid reflux and smoke comes <laughs> out of his nose and that means
2: he's lost
1: <laughs> yeah, Akira a says something like, I know how to defeat a wizard, and then he uses magic himself, doesn't he? Too. So it, it's not, I don't think it, it's a theme that's explored with any consistency, but I think it's an interesting one, nonetheless. Yeah, so um, it's,
2: it's, it's essentially what you're saying is this is a, a film that does, you know, supports, you know, brought, brought up a brains. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not brains, basically. Yes, well, ma- magic it's is, let, let's face it, ma- ma- magic is, you know, <laughs> well, magic is the representation of, you know, wizards are seen as study and all, well, you yeah. know, but,
3: but, I but, but to get slightly serious, we going back to that uh, noble barbarian that, it, you know, the, the the goodness or the brains or intellect or whatever you want to call it, the wizards are, are shown as very um, ornate or whatever, you know, they're 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 the people saying how clever they are. They're the people in society saying we are the wise ones, you listen to us, we should be in control. Whereas Conan is just inherently good and is inherently the well, one who panel. will win.
1: Yeah. The other thing that Conan refuses to participate in is any kind of hierarchy, isn't it? You know, because uh, the, the, the wizard, the, 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 the wizard that's associated with the, the keeper of the horn or, or the keepers of the horn, and, you know, that they are embedded within the hierarchy. But as Conan says oh, to I Sarah Douglas... At the start of the film, she says, I'm Queen Terrorist.
3: She says, You're not my queen. Mm. But he mm. wants to be his own king, though, doesn't he? So he, he well, he wants, wants, to,
2: be, he wants yeah. to participate in hierarchy. He just wants to be in charge. At the top. Yeah, yeah but he's yeah, yeah. quite happy to uh, get everybody else into servitude at the end, though. Mm. Indeed, yeah, yeah. 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 When, what's the face when she becomes Queen Jenna? She's like, I need a fool, and I need a, pr- and a thingy, and I need. Yeah, I mean to that, get, get, that, Yeah, yeah. Go on, you do that. I'm off. I'm bored. That, of you That up.
3: whole that whole throne room set
2: piece, it it, it played with
3: the best Michael Brook primary school tradition. Or you know, it was just like a children's nativity play of, I have the frankincense, and then someone nods and goes <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have the merch Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I think in the original version that uh, um, uh, Malak Malak, Malak was uh, Tracy Walter, uh, was supposed to be given by Jenna the, the role, you, you were a thief, so you would be the best keeper of the treasure. But in this final version, he becomes the fool. I'm not sure if that line's redubbed or if it's a reshoot. Um, but yeah, he's quite willing to accept that role as the fool, isn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> I think coming back to Jenna... Now, one of the things that me watching this th- uh, yesterday, I found a little bit icky. I think we talk. Oh,
2: yeah, about... we, we have we have to talk about this. I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, mm. we
1: talked positive representation. I think Grace Jones, great characters, so on and so. On. But this weird focus that the film has on sex, and and you know, and, and Sarah Douglas says that uh, or Queen Tammy says that Jenna's virginity must be protected in order to fulfill her destiny, uh, which
2: comes kind of a... then and just to sort of, of as, a, as an aside on that, then puts her in you know puts her. Uh, well, what's his face name in charge of her? Um, yeah. A man, a man who claims to have slept with twenty thousand women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, the, when, well, when she shangles, says that, sorry. I, I,
1: I kept thinking of the Virgin Connie Swale from Dragnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but 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 it must be intact. It must yeah. be. Uh, but at a certain point, she becomes besotted with Conan, and she asks Zula what to the do. The handsome Conan. Yeah, the handsome Conan. <laughs> Zula says that, that. Zula says that a woman should take a man. Um you know, that she, uh, she is uh, uh, attracted to her. I can't remember the line that she says exactly, but it's, uh, you know, you, you should you should take him. And then she doesn't know, quite know what that means. And she goes to uh, Malak and she says, well, what does that mean? And Malak sort of stumbled, stumbles around, trying yeah. to explain sort of ways of sex, really, to this, this girl. I mean,
2: they're going on a quest for the horn or something. I know. They, they, should, they, should, they, should, they should have, you know. There's plenty of uh, analogy there for him to work with. Yeah, but but at the end, he asked her if she
1: knows how flowers. Surely yeah. you know how flowers grow. <laughs> but I think this is all a bit weird, given that Olivia Dabo was thirteen at the time, and the, the characters, you know, presumably of a of a similar age, and She's it,
2: fourteen, it, it, I think. Not that it makes it any better. No, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make it any better. But um, I read as well that she was she was in Bolero at the same time, which was fully naked, you know, full nude. It's just weird. Yeah, well, there's a weird. It, it's a bit. Um, I don't know.
1: I read there was an, a, an article I read about about this that said it was sort of you know like a a committee of, of sort of you know uh, uh, male p- film producers sort of trying to f- thinking of entertaining ways of sort of explaining sex to teenage girls and it's sort of you know, it, it feels a bit like that. Um, I mean, even more, it feels even more awkward in a film that's supposed to be family friendly. I think. And, you,
2: you know, so. Yeah, it is, and and the, the you know the they the let's face it, the, the clothes they put her, they put her in. Um, there's, there's, yeah. there's, they're a bit sheer, Going and this is there. this is quite you know uncomfortable. You're watching a 14 year old girl basically mm. be taken advantage of uh, on a film set, and obviously done Bolero as well. And it, it did feel, I was like, this is this isn't right, you know. You can't. It's not like you. There's no reason why she's 14. She could be you, know, you could cast an 18 year old, 19, 20 year exactly, well, old, you yeah. know. Yeah. Exactly. So it it feels in this what we know now about. You know the 1980s, and we're talking about positive representation, but the stuff that was going on. I this was, you know, it's particularly. It doesn't. It doesn't sit right. <laughs> let's, and, just leave, let's just leave it at that. I don't know. Does or, the, or... Does the, other, the other sequence as well with, with
1: Malak applying the, the ointment on Zula's oh, thigh, thigh on rim. and that's mm. really sleazy. Mm. And he's sort of up this thigh, and he, he gets higher. And, yeah. and Zula says, "My wound is lower." And Malak says, "We do Really sleazy like, We don't want an infection to spread. And Zula says, "I'll spread your head open." And Malak sort of storms off in a huff. This is what the world has come to. You're trying to help someone and don't even get thanks. And that's played for laughs. And I, I I find that quite distasteful and uncomfortable yeah. to watch. I think, um, but this this sort of line of it it, it, it has a it's, its culmination in that weirdly phallic horn. I think you know that, that Dagoth <laughs> Dagoth has that uh, you know and and it's 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 strangely Freudian this film. I think isn't it? And I don't. I mean I know. You know, sometimes people say that you think, "Oh, Guilty, yeah." But uh, but I think this 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 film is is sort of strangely like the 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 original script. One wonders if if you know the original idea, the original story outline. One wonders if this was a bit more of a uh, a, 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 a a a theme in the foreground of the text that 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 maybe was you know buried by um, um, I have forgot his name that adapted it for this for the script that maybe didn't quite sort of get. Stanley, the, Mann. The, yeah, Stanley Mann. yeah, Stanley man. I didn't quite get what the um, the the original writers were sort of driving at, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 and, uh, and and the keepers of the horn, you know, wishing yeah. to resurrect date, which is a weird, lovecraftian turn as well. That's something else that's a bit underplayed. It feels like you're hinting at something, but uh, uh, but uh, not quite. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, Peter, Peter, I think wasn't it about the. Um, about Zula being scared of the the the, the rat, is it a mm. rat or a mouse? Um, and and yeah, that that's quite a funny moment. But uh, but I mean, one of the things that I, I think the bits of humour that does work here is Malak's cowardice when he's left on his own, and, and he's, oh well. Surely we need somebody to stay with the horses. And, you know, i better come <laughs> with him, You know, and I think that does does work quite well. Um, and also just, his line, "What's in it for us? Are we a charitable institution?" Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good
3: line. That is <laughs> good line. yeah, a bit strange. that you know, to, um, but just as a, a, a an aside, a pleasant aside, the, the Olivia, she was uh, she was the love interest in the film I mentioned. Um, one week, the Beyond the Stars with um, with one of the Sheens. She would say. and there was uh-huh. nothing, nothing controversial happened in that one. Is
2: it is it interesting to? I mean, you're going on about the um, the writer Stanley Mann, um, and just looking at his, he you know, last thing he wrote was in 1988, and he goes back to the 1950s. So similar similar to Fleischer. So it seems odd. It, it, it's almost like old old school. Director and writer are making an old school film, you yeah, know, yeah, you know, in, in the 1980s, and, and not quite understanding the sort of time that they're making a film for, yeah, um, which I think Cone the Destroyer feels like. It feels like you were saying about the vi- you know, Vikings and, and, and things like that. That you know, obviously with Fleisch's earlier work, there's there's echoes of that, and with you know the writer being somebody who's come through and they didn't write much more. It's like I said, stopped in 1988. Um, whereas Barbarian, you know, Milius Oliver Stone. These people were forward-thinking, who would go on to do much, much, much more. Um, and this feels, you know, the, the, the film feels like it's it's an echo of, you know, things they did before, rather than something that was, you know, moving things forward in in you know, a filmic way. It feels very um, stilted. This film. Yeah. Um, and feel, it feels very like. Oh, this is this is what fight, you know. This is what kind of fantasy is, rather than this is what you know. This is what a film can actually be about or do. You know, Barbarian is, as you were saying, it's about you know, totalitarian. It's about fascism. It's about the the seduction of cults and everything that was very re- relevant, especially in the sort of late seventies. Um, and whether you know all that. This is just. It's not really the problem with this film is it's not really about anything. No, no. And that's just that's one of its issues. It's not.
1: Well, it's, it's other not, than the
2: horn. Other than the other than getting the horn. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not about anything, and that's the main problem with Conan the Destroyer. It's just, it's just, it's an empty, vacuous hole of a film that's, no, that they've tried to fill with these action scenes and parodies and this notion of oh, this is what Conan is. Without you know, no, no, you turned it in, you turned it into a bog standard, you know, fantasy quest film. That's what you've done. Yeah. Well done.
3: Well, yeah. I, I was going to say that the film is more wooden than New Hampshire. Which is the second most dense <laughs> wooded American state behind Maine, which doesn't scan as well for the purposes of this off the quip, off the cuff quip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I will admit to having a soft spot
1: for sort of cheap '80s son sorcery films, and and um, you know, I, I, there's a lot to like here, I think, and and I think the photography's great. I think there's some great map work in it as well. That when they mm. leave the village and there's that. Um, I leave the Queen's Palace in it. There's that, that that avenue of huge statues, you know. There's some great metalwork. Yeah, right? that's yeah, this, that's, that's
2: that's quite nice.
1: And, and I like I like <laughs> that I, think, shot. I,
2: think, I think I think Grace
1: Jones is good. I like Zula. Um, I like Sarah Douglas. I mean, she's queen of eighties villains. I love Sarah Douglas in, in most things anyway. Um, but I uh, you know, it's, but it's a series of scenes <laughs> that don't quite pull together. And I, I do feel very much that uh, that. that the original uh, uh, script or the original idea, uh, story outline, or whatever it was—I don't know if if Thomas and Conway got to writing full script for it—but I, I do. There are hints in this, like I say, the the sort of the Freudian stuff, the the, the magic versus might. There are hints of of interesting themes there that I just don't think are carried over into the final shooting script, and I don't think it's. I think Fleischer handles the material well. Um, I think it the script's the problem and I think the editing's the problem, as you said, Peter. and there's too mm. many scenes that just sort of drag.
2: Yeah, I don't I'm I'm I, 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 I agree with all that. The bit I don't agree with, I'm not sure Fleischer does because I think that there's far too many thrusting into the camera. Oh yeah. There's way too much of that, which is a you know, a harking back to fifties style um well I'll know, tell you co- combat what... combat field, fifties and sixties. It... You saw you just don't get that in the you know, it's just there'll just be a Pull back and thrust, and someone will go ah! Te- it 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 breaks the flow of all the combat. You know, well, there's a, there's um, a moment in, in this, and it, it, I mean, it,
1: when I first saw this, it was panned and scanned on TV, and of course, it's a scope film. And uh, um, uh, so this didn't play out until I saw it widescreen, which was, I think the first time I saw that was on on DVD, so probably about 10, 15 years ago, no, maybe more, twenty years ago, something like that. And um, but when. Conan frees, rescues Zula. He cuts the, the, the chain or whatever that's, that's tying her to the um, that pillar. And she's got the staff and she swings it, doesn't she? And it reminded me, you know, it fills the swinging of the staff at the crowd, it's, it's around, this mob that's gathered around her, fills the widescreen frame. And it reminded me very much, there's a moment in... Um, um Fitzlang film, uh, Moonfleet, uh, about pirates. And Fritz Lang famously said, as you might recall this this quote, Fritz Lang famously once said that Widescreen is only good for, uh, or cinemascope is only good for snakes and funerals. You know this notion that that widescreen was a gimmick, (laughs) a gimmick in the fifties, wasn't it? You know, uh, much like sort of stereoscopic three D and so on and so forth, that 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 wouldn't take off. It was a way of differentiating films from television. But uh, you know, uh, the argument was that you you could make a decent film in the 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 old Academy ratio, but. Fritz Lungshot *Shot Moonfleet* in uh, a CinemaScope—I think it was CinemaScope—certainly a, a widescreen format. And there's a scene in there where a character, one of these pirates. Or wreckers, I think they are, swings this huge hammer on a huge sort of um, handle and it fills the screen. And it's obviously, you know, um, Fritz Lang making the best of the widescreen format to convey this moment of action. And this moment with Zula swinging the staff, just the staging of it reminds me very much. And as you say, it's a very old school technique. Mm. A lot of the the fighting, like the thrusting into the camera, the filling the screen with, with this. Stuff that this character's swinging feels very sort of fifties or you know maybe early sixties
2: like the Vikings you know flashes the Vikings and so on but uh, but yeah so does anybody I was was just on mute though I was just getting a cup of tea handed to me sorry that's that's (laughs) Uh, fine yes no I I agree completely that that's what that's what I'm saying that's why this film doesn't feel even at the time it didn't feel contemporary it it didn't it feels like an old yeah it feels like an old sword and sorcery but. In, in, a, but, but as we said, with weirdly modern elements like cannibals and and yeah. blood all over the place and beheadings, and it's mm. like oh, we've we'll got to have them in mean, because it's the eighties. Yeah,
4: yeah,
3: but, yeah. Know, but it, also also elements of cinematography like the slow motion thing. Yeah, that's very eighties. Uh, so so it's, what,
2: it's what, what you're doing is, your, of, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's your, you know it's two two magnets, you know, same thing, magnets pushing up against each other. You can't push these together. It just can't be done.
1: Yeah, um,
2: yeah. And, right. and 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 it feels. It feels a film out of time. I feel it's just, it just doesn't. There's there's too many disparate people pulling in too many disparate directions to this film to ever feel coherent. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I just thought it was amazing. I mean, I was <laughs> a stunt, not the film. The, 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 the director was the same director that did like Ten Rillington Place. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, what 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 a yeah. lineup? Doctor Doolittle, Ten Rillington Place, Soylent Green.
2: And this, <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm, not, not, I'm not. I'm not knocking Fleisch's ability as a director. He's a great, great director, and he's obviously got a great body of work behind him. And just in in this, he's this. You know, clearly other people wanted to do other things with it, and and it doesn't. It doesn't fit. It's not, none of it fits together properly. So it's a mm. mess of It's a jigsaw with all the bits cut wrong and other bits thrown in that yeah. don't shouldn't be in there. Yeah. And
3: but but like Ten Relics in Place is is a master craft of. Editing and suspense and creepiness with with what's being shown, isn't it? And yeah, it is. versus
2: versus versus this. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that, they should have got uh, him in it, um,
2: Attenborough. It'd have been It'd have been all right as in- a right, sidekick. It's- Interestingly, never bring in Stanley Man. I mean, he can't no more. But never bring in Stanley Man to do a to do your sequel because he also did Omen Two, Damien.
1: Yeah, well, fire starter as well. Um, yeah, I know that's not a sequel, but it, it's sort of. Yeah. You know,
2: and he had the idea for Theatre of, <laughs> like of, oh, like of... No, <laughs> of Blood.
1: I like Theatre of Blood. Oh, I like
2: Theatre. No, I'm not knocking Theatre of Blood. I like Theatre of Blood, but he had the idea for it. So obviously, so he he can come up with some interesting ideas, but don't let him write anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a good. He's obviously got. He's obviously got a good screenplay history to him, but this is. Yeah, I don't know whether De Laurentiis was on his back saying, "No, oh, make it more like this." I think I think that or was probably. the case with
1: with Mann and with Fleischer. That you know, probably d- the, the the person that was holding the reins was was De Laurentiis. And by Schwarzenegger's account and Conway and Thomas, De Laurentiis didn't have a, an idea or a handle on the character. And did there was La- no. Did, so did
2: sorry, was say, did De Laurentiis um, produce Firestar as well? Was that De Laurentiis
1: one? Um, pretty sure I would imagine so.
2: Yeah, I think
1: it was. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, no,
2: no, he didn't actually. Oh, did he not? I <laughs> thought he did. I thought he's, he's got his hallmarks
1: on it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there was nobody of the sort of firiness, I think of Milius to sort of say no. <laughs> Perhaps.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you know, like I said, the 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 bar, you know the wind had blown <laughs> in a direction where barbarian films were probably not the you know like. Barbaric, Code of the Barbarian, and it's only three years apart, but the wind had changed direction as to what these, what they thought the audience wanted, yeah. um, and so it was a completely different thing. Which is ironic. I mean, that Ebert um, review and the other one, he said, "Well, this could be the start of a I think it's such a monumental misreading of where Hollywood was heading at the time. Mm. You had, you had yeah. Indiana Jones coming through, and a year later, you're going to get, you, you know, you're going to get your archetypal modern heroes. You're going to get Rambo, Commando, and all this like a year in, in, in a, a year later. And that's, you know, you've already had first blood. Well, so. I mean,
3: when when were the He-Man um, sort of cartoons stroke toys? When, when was all that? Because uh, that must of, of the universe was late 80s, wasn't it? Because that followed a similar design process, didn't it? Because it was a cartoon to sell the toys, wasn't it? But the original idea for the toy was a barbarian. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, with an axe, and, things. and then, saying, and then it, it got sanitized into He-Man.
2: But you're never yeah. going to. You, know, you can't. You know, mm. at, at that point, toys were for kids. Well, I know toys are for kids, but it, it was a sense of you, you've got to sanitize it down. And, and mm. this, this is this film is a, you know, a suffering of that. You either go all out and you go, but then you can. You know, let's not talk about the remake of Barbarian that came out a few years back. That's bad. Yeah. Um, but you can go all out, or you can keep it. you know, you're talking about the mysticism, if you compare the mysticism from Barbarian to Destroyer, the mysticism is kind of in the background, it's kind of hinted at, I mean, it's a sequence where Thoughts of Doom turns into a snake, yes, but yeah. the, the, the magic can, is all you know, what Mako's magic and the sequence where Conan is resurrected, it's there in, it fits in the world, whereas this is, overtly has, you know, overt wizards, overt monsters, um, you know, there's a giant snake in the first one, but it's kind of a bit more grounded the first film feels more grounded it's yeah it's hard to explain but this one just feels like it could be any fantasy world yeah it's it's too hard
1: working too hard to build a fantasy context for the story isn't it i
2: think yeah, yeah. i
1: yeah. think that, Whereas that the was the fantasy in the of the barbarian is organic it flows out yeah. the, the themes
2: doesn't yeah it, the, the witch the witch near the beginning where you know she gets the direction from and, and it's mysterious
1: and... as well isn't it the yeah um, that's you know so what i mean enigmatic
3: yeah. there, there was something uh, mentioning that in in that that review about how the first was i can't find it but the first was set in a, a particular place a particularly named sort of world whereas the second is just um, set in that world of swords and sandals um genre yes. if you like whatever
2: yeah exactly yeah, yeah, this, 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 yeah. this feels like 1960s sword and sandals films with 1980s trappings on
1: yeah 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 i think i think that's fair to say i think i think that's a good summation i think we'll leave it at that but i think before we end we we all need to have a a a a a, a, a shared declaration so uh of one two <laughs> three. You've
2: lost it. crumb crumb <laughs> <laughs> Crom Peter, I that's where you were going. Crom, <laughs> back, Crom it, Crom. Crom. Crom, 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 the horn, Crom the horn, Crom the horn where the sun don't shine. Well, it it struck a bit too close. I'm I'm
3: I'm reading all the 2000 AD comics at the minute, and you know you got. Has
2: anybody, read, yeah, has anybody read the comic that they that they'd make what about 1990 of their original idea? Then I've not read it, so. I, I think I did way back in about 1990,
1: 1991, but I mean, it's it's so, so long ago that, that,
2: you know, I'm interested to read it now and see what the original or see what the, the story, if the, if it's better than, yeah, I'm I'm going to see if I can track down a copy. I think. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Conan the destroyer
0: dog egg. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's that's where where I land. Adrian Mills, 2021. Conan the destroyer.
2: It is written
4: that a woman child must make a perilous journey. I want you to take her on that journey. He has faced evil in its many forms and has always emerged triumphant. Now, he searches for a lost treasure in the name of a princess. A search that will bring him face to face with mystical powers that could destroy him and all of mankind. You're afraid of magic? When it comes from evil, this will come anyway grace jones and arnold schwarzenegger star in conan the destroyer